This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me. I do appreciate your listenership. Uh, Today... The Everyday Hunter with Sean Fraser. Uh, a lot of you guys might remember, actually, when I went to Queensland uh, over Christmas, I got a chance to interview a few people in person. And a lot of you guys know when I record the show, obviously, I live in Western Sydney, so it's hard to interview people that you can't interview everybody in person. Uh, sometimes you have to do a lot of the shows I actually have to do over the phone, uh, record them and edit them. Uh, when I went to Queensland I, a couple of months ago, you probably saw the episode with Aussie Reviews, which was uh, an episode I recorded over that Christmas period. Uh, and I also got a chance to interview Sean Fraser. And really, as I said, I, th- I think this is this is the best everyday hunter show that I've ever done. It's raw. The content is fantastic. Uh, lots of laughs. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it's actually when you meet someone in person, even though myself and Sean had been chatting for a fair while over Facebook, we've had a few phone conversations. When you conduct these everyday hunter type you know, podcasts, you actually really, really relate to people in person. You can actually, it's just a really, it really is a whole different experience that I really, really enjoyed. Um, you know, Sean really opens up and is very raw. He talks about uh, his running with his stolen firearms with the police. Uh, and these are things that I think we can all actually learn from. Uh, and by listening to Sean's story, I think, you know, you'll be able to pick up things that you might do next time, you might not do next time. And uh, listening to Sean's experience will hopefully give you an experience on how to deal with things in the future. Uh, we also talk about when we go hunting, sometimes, you know, what you think is the best shot or maybe not the best shot, uh, or at the time you have a great shot and you don't pull off a great shot, uh, it really shows how somebody like Sean is a great hunter that he's able to follow up uh, and, you know, dispatch the animal because that's what really makes a hunter. To, to say that uh, nobody that listens to this show has maybe never wounded an animal or something like that, I think is completely ridiculous. I know I have, but like I said, it's how you follow up and how you dispatch that, in, that animal is to whether it makes you a good hunter or not and a good ethical hunter. And I think, again, if you listen to some of Sean's stories about hunting, I think you'll be able to relate and also, you know, just, just feel his story and, and, and what he's trying to portray. And uh, a really, really good show. I want to thank Sean for coming on the show, uh, inviting me to his house to record the show. And I just, I just can't say enough. I had lots of laughs and I came away with, you know, learning something myself, even after 111 episodes. I've learned something myself out of every one of the guests I've interviewed and it's given me much more knowledge uh, for the future and hopefully you'll be able to relate to some of Sean's stories because they were certainly fantastic. We had, again, we had a great laugh, very, very enjoyable. And we connected a bit on a higher level because you know when you're in person, you can actually you know, feel that story. You can, it's just really is a whole different ball game than recording shows you know, over the phone when you haven't really met someone and trying to connect someone at that higher level. Uh, again, 
I want to thank Sean for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Sean. Thank you. Uh, also, too, again, you can also find us on the website, you know, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Click on that contact icon if you'd like to join us. Leave us a voicemail. Also, too, if you're listening to the show, uh, we've actually been mucking around with our recorder uh, during the Straight Shooting Podcast that myself and Mario, my co-host, record. Uh, we're going to be having call-ins very soon. So if you're not part of the Facebook page, please check out the Facebook page uh, because I think this weekend uh, would be Sunday. I'm not sure where that day would be, probably the 3rd of April. We're probably going to be recording a show, so check out the Facebook page. Uh, and if you want to call up during that two-hour period, we're going to be recording the show. Please call up. Uh, if we don't, if we don't answer, we're probably talking to someone. Don't leave me a voicemail because I do have a voicemail on there. Uh, just keep trying. If you want to get on the show, uh, check the Facebook page. It's going to have all the details probably on Saturday or if not Sunday morning. Give us a call up if you've got something in, of interest you want to talk about. We'd love to have you on the show. So like I said, uh, it's, it's a new process for us, so bear with us. So if we don't answer when you ring, again, try about 10 or 15 minutes later between that period that's going to be listed uh, on the Facebook page. And you can actually join us pretty much live on the show uh, and we'll be actually releasing those uh, and having people call in and you know just bringing in that interactiveness uh, that I think we've been lacking. It's been great having the voicemails on the website. If you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, uh, click on that widget bar on the website on the right slider bar. If you want to leave us a two to three minute voicemail, happy to play them on the show. Or again, email us by clicking on that contact icon on the website. Uh, Of course, the main place people listen to the show is, of course, the website, but also majorly on iTunes. You can listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast for free. Leave us uh, five stars. Rate a comment on iTunes. We'd really, really appreciate. It. I think we've got you know five, mainly five stars, a couple of four stars, and one three star. And uh, you know, the you can look look at all the people that have written in, left a comment. Absolutely fantastic. So please do that. Uh, it's always appreciated. We've got lots coming up. We're going to have the call ins. We're going to have uh, an election special coming up as well before the federal election we're going to be talking to many many uh political parties as you know uh i don't tell you who to vote for yes in the in the past i've told people who to vote for uh this show is not about that it's to give you all the information for you guys to make an informed decision about who to vote for at the federal election Uh, it's not up to me you might already have in your mind who you want to vote for that's fantastic but i'm going to give you the information so you can go out there and make an informed decision about your gun rights as to who's going to be able to best represent your gun rights Uh, Again, find us on iTunes, Twitter, of course, as well. Just type in Australian Hunting Podcast on Facebook. We come up, or you can click on uh, all the widget uh, links in the right-hand side widget bar of the website. It'll take you to our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, etc. I guess my name's Jason Selms, and without further ado, let's get into my interview, The Everyday Hunter, with Sean Fraser. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. (laughs) 
You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Uh, as you guys know, in Queensland, and we did uh, Aussie reviews the other day, but we've got Sean Fraser here to join uh, us on the Everyday Hunter series, which you guys know that we do. So, Sean, mate, uh, we're in Queensland. We're at your house right now having a drink. So, mate, tell us about yourself. Mate, do you hunt, shoot, fish, and uh, how you got into any one of those? Hey, Jace, welcome to Queensland. It's a bit warm up here at the moment. Cicadas are buzzing away. <laughs> As I said, guys, if you hear anything in the background, birds and stuff, we, I had to bring up the uh, handheld microphone, so uh, they do pick up a bit of extra background noise, maybe even a bit of an echo, but uh, you know, it's all good. So, mate, yeah, tell us about yourself, bud. Yeah, Jason, I'm, I'm Sean Fraser. I'm 45 years old. I've been a shooter, well, almost longer than I remember. I got, got into shooting when I was 20 years old. Around the same time, I, I joined the uh, Australian Army, so I've been an Army Reserve member for the same amount of time I've been shooting. Uh, I had no one in my family who was a shooter. My dad didn't shoot. My brother, obviously, my sister didn't shoot. I, I knew at the time, I didn't know my grandfather at the time was a shooter, but at the, I knew no one who, who was a shooter. So what I did, started getting an interest, so I went down to the Glenwaverley local library this is uh, 1990, so it was a more politically correct time back then. <laughs> so um, I borrowed every sporting shooter, gun magazine. Uh, I borrowed probably 50 magazines, and there was no limit on magazines back in the Glen Waverley Library. So I borrowed about 50 shooting magazines. Just had them on the racks back then, it was, it was, uh, as you do. Uh, so I borrowed every magazine I could find, and I, and I read every article front to back. Uh, and I saved up. I went. I was doing RMIT architecture at the time. I wasn't working, so I thought I'm going to need some money if I'm going to buy a rifle. So I, I went and got a, a job in a factory. So I worked 31 days straight in a factory, and I saved up a thousand dollars. And I had a thousand dollars. So I thought that's big. That's big money back in 1990. So I thought, well, I'll go down to my local gun shop, which was the uh, Ringwood um, Gun Shop, uh, and I bought myself. A twenty-two two fifty, a Remington seven hundred twenty-two two fifty. I know a lot of people say, "Well, what the hell are you buying a twenty-two two fifty as your first rifle?" But that's what I did. And um, my mum bought. My mum came down with me. She's a big supporter in my shooting career. And my mum came down. She bought me my safe um, when I was there. So I, I walked out of the shop, the gun shop, with a um, a rifle, twenty-two two fifty Remington rifle, the scope. And a gun safe, and I, I actually my mum took the safe home, and I, and I jumped on the bus, and I and I from um, Ringwood back not, to not not with the uh, Remington uh, twenty two two fifty. Yeah, absolutely jumped yeah. on the bus. Jumped on the bus. Um, jumped on the bus. Um, it was about it was pretty late by that stage. It was the the shut the shop had shut, so I jumped on the bus. The bus driver and, and a couple of people were on the bus, and the bus driver goes, "Oh, what's that? Uh, yeah, oh, it's a new rifle. Just bought it." And see, so, yeah, I take it out. He's driving the bus at the time. And he said, oh, mate, take it out. Let's have a look. So, yeah, really? <laughs> like, you so, say, oh, listen, here's me. Re- he's driving the bus while he's uh, looking for it. Unbelievable. Funny, though. Yeah. So, um, me and a couple of people on the bus were having a look at the new rifle, got the new rifle home. I knew nothing about shooting. Uh, as I said, no friends who, who shot. Found my local range, which was the um, SSAA range uh, down at Little River, and went down there and, had, had, and taught myself to shoot. Mate, good good question that how is important. I remember when I, you know, originally got my first gun, I think I was seventeen, my mum knew I was trying to, you know, get get a firearm. I think my first one was a Diana, it was a model thirty six air rifle. 
Uh, and then she was like, oh, no, no, no. And, you know, and then I had to buy the safe. And then, yeah, I think my dad came and picked it up. But they still weren't happy at the start. So you said she was a big supporter. So how had that come about when you had that first conversation? Listen, mum, you know, I want to get into, you know, shooting activities or yeah. whatever it may be. What was How supportive was she in, in, in that respect? Well, I lived with my dad at the time. And um, my mum's always supported everything I've done, uh, whether it be shooting or joining the army or whatever sporting stuff I've done. Uh, she was she was a total supporter right from day one. My dad didn't really care either way, he just, uh, but my mum was really supportive. And uh, my whole family and my brother, I, he started coming down. He never got his license himself, but he always came, he, early on he always came down to the range with me. And I didn't have a car then, so my mum would drive to Little River with me, my brother, and she would sit in the car reading, doing knitting, whatever, for hours and hours while my brother and I would just shoot at Little River Range. <laughs> so that was a good thing. So what did you do then? Did you buy any any ones after that, after you bought the uh, 22-250? What did you put a scope on it? What scope did you put on it? you remember? Well, it was a Tasco Euro class, 3 to 9 Euro class, and it was a $300 scope, which was big money for me back then, but it was a, <laughs> it was, um, it was a good quality scope for the time. I've still got it. Uh, I've still, it's been on a couple of rifles at the moment. Uh, it's currently sitting on a um, Remington uh, 308 um, oh, so AAC. You've still, oh, still got it. Yeah, I've still got that scope. Oh, it's, it's, got it's, it. it's, it's a good scope. Um, but obviously in the last 20 years, I, I've collected I collected many rifles, got, in, got into shotgun shooting. 1997, uh, I was introduced to pistol shooting, and so I've been competitive pistol shooting uh, ever since. So um, a friend of mine was, was through the Army, so... He said, well, there's a club called uh, 3rd Military District uh, 3MD, which is, which is down in Melbourne, and they uh, they shot at Epping at the time. And so I was introduced through a friend to that, and they're all mostly real funny older-type guys who most of them were ex-Army or ex-Air Force or Navy or whatever. And they were a bunch of laughs. And, and I, I remember from day one, uh, this is a going to be a great club to be involved in and i've been shooting competitively i shot competitively ever with them for ever until i moved up to queensland really so i shot with them 17 18 years what's the what's the process mate like i know i've never done it because i've never moved out of new south wales but what's the process like when you've actually got to move state is it just a nightmare it is it's yeah well it took a lot longer than i thought I was told it was going to be a long process to get a Queensland licence, which and, I, and they weren't wrong. It took nearly four and a half months, both me and my, my partner, Linda, to get our Cattery H licence, and I've got an A and B as well. So uh, at the time, I spoke to the Victorian Police and, and Registry and said, look, uh, it's going to take... I've been told it's going to take three or four months to get my Queensland licence, How's that? How's that going to work? Or well, basically, you just go up there, and we uh, accept Queensland will accept uh, licenses from other states while you're applying. But you've had to apply, and it took uh, a lot longer than I thought. So, so one question: Does that mean I can? I don't know. You, you know the process. Does that mean you can keep your guns in your house and you can? Yep, all that yep, I, so all I, I, I kept. Yeah. I actually was on um, a Victorian license while I was up here for uh, three, three or four months. Well, I wonder what would happen in the meantime if, like, say, a license, which you hope not, because we we got well, not sure about Victoria, but you know, New South Wales got five year licenses. Whether imagine if you expired in the meantime, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I made then, sure you know? I made sure my um, <laughs> licenses were expiring. But one was, um, I think, my H was expiring, two thousand sixteen. My A and B in two thousand and nineteen. So, 
And at one stage, for a couple of, for about a month or so there, I had both Victorian licenses and Queensland licenses. So, I had a few funny so looks. So, I guess it's not too bad. I mean, realistically, it's not too bad if you can still shoot on your Victorian license. just the time waiting, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's just, a, waiting, it's just a waiting game. So, um, they've got reciprocal rights up in Queensland. And obviously, um, Victoria has reciprocal rights for Queensland licenses. And, and you'd know more about New South Wales licenses, Jason, than me. But... Um, I know I've always travelled with uh, especially um, pistols and rifles interstate a lot, uh, competitively shooting. So I, I know that was never a problem. It's just I've never moved, obviously, before until late 2015. Yeah, what about um, brothers or sisters or anything? Have you got anyone else into uh, shooting? Brothers, sisters, mum and dad, yep. they don't do it now? Or- no. no. My brother, um, at, early on for the first 10 years or so, my brother always came hunting with me. Uh, so whenever we went, um, I was really big into pig shooting for a while, uh, and my brother would always come as in the thirteen-hour drives from Melbourne up to almost Burke, you know, up, up to um, Condobolin or Burke. It was long drives, but it was worth it in the end when we got there. Yeah, no, there's nothing like I've been up through Condobolin. I just it's pigs galore sometimes, mate. Um, you know, what are some of the obviously you hunt, shoot, you fish. I haven't fished since I've been. 19 I think 18 or 19 because I do competitively pistol shooting uh, I, I go to the range rifle shooting I've just gone into shotgun shooting clay target shooting uh, I reload yeah uh, there's so much I've just gone to duck shooting the last three seasons the last three seasons duck hunting uh, oh, that's in, gone now you're in Queensland uh, and I flew down uh, Jason I flew down um, for the duck I did flew down for the duck opening <laughs> in Victoria not going to miss that uh, good stuff, mate. We're going to go into the few questions later, but I might as well do that now since we're talking about it. Um, you know, what do you enjoy pistol shooting? What gun disciplines? Uh, what do you enjoy? What types of firearms do you enjoy shooting? Calibers? You know, you don't have to go into guess what you own, but what you enjoy or what your favourites are. My favourite discipline is the uh, police and services match. Been shooting that for nearly nearly twenty years. Third uh, military district has been is, that's their main match. Uh, they shoot that once a month. It's shot with thirty eights or or nine mil revolvers uh, or semi autos. Semi autos weren't really a big thing for the first ten or so years, or ten or fifteen years. I was doing it. The semi autos are coming into play now as as they're getting more more accurate. As the the quality semi autos are coming in, the customized ones are coming in. So the, these quality um, STIs are coming uh, tricked up. Pistols, which are now nine mil, are competitive, and they are starting to win some matches in the police and services division. But for the first fifteen years, I've been shooting, and most of the time I've been shooting, it's been with three five seven revolvers or three fifty seven um, or thirty eight or thirty eight revolvers mainly. Yeah, any any uh, special ones you got that you love? Oh, the first fifteen years, I shot a um, Smith and Wesson six eight six, which is a three fifty seven Magnum, but we mainly shot thirty eight target loads out of it. Um, that was a great gun. Uh, love that gun. Uh, my my high score is still with that gun. I, I love shooting that gun. It's 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 probably my favourite gun. Still I got it now. Still yeah, got it still, now. still got it now. I'm not, never getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that we we're having having that chat with Aussie Reviews the other day too about selling guns. Now I thought sometimes I've I've only got one gun yeah. that I had when I first got in, well really got back into shooting I had my license for you know, since I was 18 years old but I've really only got one gun that I've had probably since oh, 07 maybe 08 early 08 that I've still got now because if I think if I'm buying a new one I'm selling this to get a new one 
like I, I just all you know all sentimental value goes out the window. Just go oh, get rid of that new one in. Are you sentimental like that? I'm sentimental. Most of the guns I've ever bought, I've still got. Um, I even I've still got some tacky old hundred dollar scopes that got sentimental, and I still got those. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're pieces of Chinese crap. But I still got them. Um, yeah, so okay, give us some uh, favourites. And what are some of the favourites, mate? What are your favourites you got now that you enjoy shooting, um, that you love shooting, that are sort of you know either old or new ones? What's your favourites? Well, I've got I've got a um, customised uh, uh, Smith and Wesson Model Fourteen now, which I've customised and put a bull barrel on. I shoot now as my competitive um, police and service match gun. That was uh, made by um, Scott Vickery in New South Wales. Uh, that's a great gun. It's very, very accurate. It's capable of putting um, in a rest uh, all six shots into a fifty cent piece at fifty meters. So, um, and I've seen that. I've seen it do that. I can't do it myself, but it, it's a great gun and it's very accurate. Uh, I've shot some very high scores in the police and service match with it, and I love that gun. It's um, it's been customized to me, and it's probably one of my favorites now. It's not my my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. G'day, Turbo here from the Noob Spiro podcast where we talk all things spearfishing. So if you love your hunting and you love your fishing, you're going to love spearfishing as well. So check us out at the Noob Spiro podcast or visit us online at noobspiro.com. One of the awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water and that's why I started spearfishing. Don't overcomplicate your gear. Don't go dotting dressed up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's a whole new world and it's mysterious, it's magical. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh yeah. It's that time of year again, and Huntfest is just around the corner. Huntfest is Naruma's premier hunting exhibition on the New South Wales South Coast. Huntfest is on this June long weekend, so don't miss out by getting your tickets early. If you want to be an exhibitor at Huntfest, then call Danfield on 02 4473 7035. Visit huntfest.com.au for more information. Huntfest, the place to be in 2016. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410-432-852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. What do you shoot? Do you shoot any other disciplines of um, pistol or just that? Because for me, I would say I probably shoot clay targets a lot. Um, yeah, that's probably most of what I do. Obviously, then going out for hunting, uh, uh, probably not as much the pistol shooting, which I do have my pistol license, as probably you know. I don't shoot a lot of. I just sort of do the mandatory attendances because, yeah. you know. And one thing I did know, I want to talk about that. We were going off a bit of topic here, but I did notice that when, um, which we were speaking before we started doing the show, that just the difference in the attitude uh, up here in Queensland, I mean, in New South Wales, especially when we, we go out, man, like it's really I've, I find it's really strict. Yeah, uh, can't look at anyone the wrong way. I've had people where I'm shooting at the range, 
Uh, so on the paper target range in the nine mil, people next to me are looking at me like, because oh, oh, it's so noisy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, buzz off. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm legally shooting a firearm. I can shoot. Yeah. Like, let, you know, stop you know, raising your nose at us. We're allowed to shoot here too. Not my fault you're shooting your 22 air rifle. They might be practicing or whatever they're doing. But the attitude here, safety obviously is number one which is anywhere that's fine, but they make you enjoy the sport up here. Yeah, I've, twice definitely. I've been out to one, I've been to Ripley's, and then I went to a, a gun range, here, a pistol range here the other day. It's a new one over at Hillcrest near Browns Plains. Uh, it's an indoor one, got a new uh, gun shop there as well. And mate, what a range. Mate, those guys were fantastic. You know, Not only the guys that took me, but also the, the range officer, man, like having a chat, we're having a laugh. He was making jokes at me and that. Just, it was just fantastic. No, he just said safety's paramount. But other than that, you just follow the rules and, mate, we're going to leave you alone. It was just it was fantastic. I haven't uh, been to that range myself. At the moment, I'm shooting up at uh, myself and my partner, Linda, are shooting up at Belmont, part of the uh, Queensland Military Rifle Club there. They've got a small uh, pistol offshoot, which shoots on uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Uh, we're just getting, we're getting our, learning our feet up here. But you are right that the attitude in Queensland is completely different then so Mate, in it's Victoria. almost it's almost like if any people have been to queensland or queenslanders are listening to this show it's just it couldn't be more different for me like i was shocked i remember when i went to same thing ripley's i think i said this story last time ripley's uh, last year last year it was last christmas shot me and my brother's firearms at the time um you know we i went up there i filled out the paperwork here's my lot mate five minutes later i was down in the shooting range uh you know uh, shooting you know like yep. here in new south it wouldn't be like that um, i mean it would be a little bit but i mean I was just like I could really, really couldn't believe how easy it yeah. was, and how easy going people were. So long as you're safe, have at yeah. it, have at it. You know, I mean, have fun. That's why you're here, and that's why we're here, not making things. I think New South Wales. That's where we lack is we promote shooting, but when people get there, it's yeah, people feel nervous because you know, oh, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, and these are new shooters that should be encouraged to yeah, be safe. But you're here to have fun, and that's what we're here for. We're not here just because we're bored. You know, yeah. we want to have fun. Well, the club that I've been mainly involved in Victoria over the last 20 years is, has been 3rd Military District, and their, their club captain and, and range, main range officer, um, great guy by the name of um, Dave Sherrick, he is a, he's, a, he's a taskmaster. He's a, he runs a tight ship, and he's very safe. He does joke around a lot, but he's extremely safe and disciplined. And being, obviously, a lot of ex-Army members involved in the club, there is that camaraderie there. And I'm still part-time army, so um, they yes, they they are priority on safety, but they are so relaxed up here. It's just it's just like going Mate. to it's a different planet. I feel like I'm on Mars right now. Like I'm on Mars, but people go, yeah, move up to Queensland. It's so much better. I thought, come on, how much better could it really be? Yeah. But it's it's like worlds apart. And you you were from Victoria, so yeah. um, I'm not sure again how you would compare that. You just said then, but how you would compare. You know that whether you're shooting clays or, yep. or pistols down there, so you could probably compare Victoria to you know up here, and I can compare New South Wales. I'm thinking, oh, just worlds apart. Like, for instance, I've I said I've been I've been army 25 years, trained on style, trained military shooting, and all that. That's very disciplined type shooting. But outside the army, I've been it's mainly fun type shooting. But my first night shoot, my first night pistol shoot ever, army or. Uh, civilian has been up here as part of the queensland military rifle club and it was one of the first shoots i did up here and they here they said come on on wednesday nights so what are you shooting on wednesday nights so yeah we, we have a night shoot a night shoot 
yeah, yeah, we turn the spotlights on and we shoot we shoot the targets tonight. And I go, okay. So here we are. You know, went with my partner, Linda, and, and we're shooting Glocks, 9 mil Glocks. And they've got the spotlights highlighting the targets, but we can't see anything. <laughs> we're, we're, we're 10 metres away. And, well, yeah, the, and the flash, the actual the blinding flash of the Glock going off, the, the, the flash blindness you get at night is just horrendous. And, yeah, you can see the targets. You can see the targets, but... The flash blindness from, uh, is just—it just blinds the target. You can only see what you're shooting at. Do you like the night shooting? Is it fun? Is it? It is. Of, a good, it is yeah. good fun. Um, it's it's a good way of it's a good way of improving your shooting. It's a good way of knowing where instinctively where your sight is because once that first round goes off, you can hardly you can yeah yeah you can see the tie, but you do get a bit, a bit of flash blindness, and because the flash of the um uh, bell is coming out, and so you need, do need to keep the uh, barrel know where the barrel is all the time and and have your instinctive shooting down pat yeah i know you we had a chat before and you got into um you know a bit of shotgun shooting which is my favorite i think too like i do like the pistols but i think shotgun probably my most favorite and you want to go duck hunting why do you want to get into that what sort of you know motivated you to get into shot i mean i think once you buy shotguns you just i can't stop I, buying I, I was never a shotgun adjacent i had nothing to do with shotgunning whatsoever yeah i Funny thing happened, well, not so funny for me, but in 2011, uh, there was the Nathalia floods in Melbourne, well, not in Melbourne, on the border of um, New South Wales and Victoria, a town called Nathalia. They had some horrendous flooding down there, and the army was called out to do some sandbagging. I got some, um, I got, I got a really bad flood-borne disease um, doing that, doing that activity, and feeling a bit low and down, down and out. And I thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to go to a gun shop. I went to a gun shop. I went to um, I went to a gun shop in Melbourne, um, Vic Arms in in Melbourne. It's a really small gun shop in um, right almost a kilometre from the centre of the city, and they had they had a nice shotgun there, a, a Rosini shotgun, really high grade, uh, over and under shotgun. I thought, well, that's way out of my price range, but here's a five hundred dollar deposit. So I did that and never done shotgunning, never been into shotgunning and never gone duck hunting. So I put my $500 deposit and this was my get well incentive. So every couple of months I'd put more money on this shotgun until I paid off this shotgun. And, and once I got this shotgun down at the range, I uh, bought a box of clays and got into it and I loved it ever since. Yeah, no, it's good, man. What are some of the um, uh, pros and cons, do you think, of people that say – you know, hunt and shoot. What are some of the pros? Do you think um, of being in this industry of um, hunters and shooters? Well, the twenty the twenty plus years I've been doing it, I've I've met some most amazing friends. I've got lifelong friends from it. That's the, the most pro is not just the shooting; it's the lifelong friends that you get from shooting. Uh, the the pistol club I'm mean, involved in, obviously three MD, that we call ourselves a barbecue club who mainly shoots just as, a, as an offshoot so they're more of a barbecue club a social club more than anything else <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um I, i'd love i love the people involved in shooting i love the discipline you get from shooting i, I yes sometimes the solitary activity when you go to the range you just want to you just want to zone out you just want to do some bench rest shooting and zone out by yourself that's great but the friends you get a competitively shooting whether it be rifle pistol or shotgun that that's the that's the biggest plus for me yeah, let's say on the on the flip side, mate. You know, what are some of the cons of being a hunter or shooter? Cons are well, um, obviously you don't go sprinting around everyone. I never used to. For the first ten fifteen years, you never used to say I'm a shooter. 
it wasn't just done there wasn't a done thing uh, as you get older you get more you get more passionate about your sport you get more uh, passionate about the the political side of the sport yeah I, I tell I now tell people I'm a sh- I, I come out and proud you know I, I boast that I'm a shooter and I talk about being a shooter so I I suppose that the only um, the downsides that sometimes you get some negative comments or oh, you know I oh, especially because I hunt as well and I duck 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 shooting in Victoria is pretty pretty political it's pretty politicalized so you can get some negative comments through that but Overall, the positives far away the negatives. What about dealing with other shooters? I know sometimes, you know, people, you know, easy to get on with, not easy to get on with. I mean, I've met some fantastic people, um, you know, hunting and shooting, fantastic people. I'm friends with them now. Uh, on the flip side, too, I've met some, I've met some not so good people either. So what's, what's your opinion on the, the shooting fraternity as a group? Well, I've, I've been lucky enough to uh, be involved with most of the people I've, nearly everyone I've shot with has been has been I would go on the range with them again or hunt with them again. I, I have been pretty lucky that I haven't been out with anyone who not never going to go without with them again because you're just unsafe. So I've in that in that, that side of things I've been lucky in that way. Uh, the people I deer hunt with, uh, they're long life friends. They're they're uh, I've known them for twenty years. Um, they're, they're both of them are ex army as well, so they're, they're safe people. And I really haven't come across people who I, who I would say I wouldn't go out with you. I've just been lucky that way. More and more Australians are being locked out of the bush and the beach. Campers, four wheel drivers, hunters, fishers, and other groups are being excluded from public land or forced to suffer more locked gates. Senator David Lionhelm from the Liberal Democrats has spoken out strongly against these closures and fights for access for all. Visit ldp.org.au. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately six hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. Yeah, mate, tell us, um, you know, when I've had this, sometimes I've had, uh, I want to get your opinion on this because you're a guy as well, so... Um, when you met your partner, if you don't mind talking about it, what she think about hunting or shooting and this sort of activity? I know when I got into it, you know, and I'm single now, 34. If any ladies out there want to snap me up, yeah, <laughs> you know, feel free. Um, uh, you know, they, I've had girls literally say to me, like one, I mean, I've told this story before, I think, where well, I was going to the Clay Target range. Anyway, she goes, oh, how long are you going to be doing that for? I didn't knew her about three weeks. And she was quite nice, quite pretty. And um, I said, yeah, she was, seemed okay with it. Anyway, she then decided, oh, I said, well, oh, probably just, you know, three, four hours, something like that, like I normally do. Uh, and she says, oh, no, 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 I'm not really going to like that. 
and, and she's like, how, yeah, when, when she said, how long are you going to be doing that for? I go, like, like, what do you mean? Like three, four hours? And she goes, nah, nah, like, and I go, well, what are you talking about? And she goes, no, like the whole shooting thing. And I went, oh, I don't know. I said, probably until I die, they won't give me a license. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she goes, oh, no, no, I'm not really going to like that. And I said, oh, well, don't ever call me again. And she's yeah? like, are, yeah, are you serious? And I said, well, I don't know. What do other guys do? Do they just give up everything they've loved, their hobbies, just to appease you? Or I'm not sure. And then, she, then we sort of stopped talking that day. And anyway, I didn't hear from her for about a week. And then she rang me back. And she's like, oh, it's, I go, like, uh, message. I go, oh, hello. And she's like, oh, it's me. And I go, who's this? Like, I just didn't actually forgot. Like, I didn't even think about it. And she's like, oh, what? You, you don't know who this is? It's me. You know? and I don't say her name. Um, and I said, well, yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't think you were serious about this. And I said, yeah. well, when don't call me, that's exactly what it means. Like, I mean, you know, I, I know people don't always have to get on. I know people that shut and shoot, the, the girlfriends want nothing to do with it, but they don't have a problem with it. So what's your experience been like? You know, the, the partners before you're growing up, before your main partner now, what's been the general acceptance? Well, my I've always introduced uh, the girlfriends I've had in the past to shooting, especially I've bought them pistol shooting down at the club. Um that's always been a positive thing. They've actually always loved it. Like they've always got their great bunch of guys, uh, great friendly atmosphere, great fun shooting, great barbecue. So they've had a, they've had a ball. So when I met Linda in two, in two thousand in January two thousand and thirteen, I, I I expected her to be same. So I took her out. Linda loved it first time. I've got photos early on in February where she's at the range. So it's only from January to February she was already at the range shooting. Both my pistols and rifles within within a month of us meeting. Oh, mate, why can't and, I find and, these ones, dude? You but know? she surprised me. She she went further than anyone I've ever known. She she came out hunting with me. She came out duck hunting with me. So this like, has got to be lies, no, mate. She, Surely you're no, lying no, to me. No way. She <laughs> you she have came to be. It wasn't. It wasn't. We. She came out um, to my uh, first duck opening with me. So uh, we had a great time. So she's not only been there. Uh, to a couple of duck openings and a couple of uh, duck hunting events with me. She came out and within the first few months of knowing her, she was applying not only for her Cattery H, her Cattery A and B license. So everyone I've ever known, yeah, they've gone, they've, they've probably been like that. They've gone out, they've gone, yeah, this is pretty good, but really not for me. No, Linda wasn't like that. She goes, no, nah, this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm applying. So she surprised me as well. She's got... <laughs> she's a she, keeper. <laughs> she's keeper. gone out. Nah, I'm getting my licenses. I don't care what you say, stuff you. I'm getting my licenses too. So, so I guess what you're saying is the reaction has been good. <laughs> Very the reaction, good. yeah. The reaction. Uh, she's been the most favourable reaction I've ever had. Obviously, but um, I've have always had positive reactions in the past. But any, no one's really any got negative into it. ones. Any any negative ones or anything like that where you've taken them out and they've gone, oh. Like either, like really not been ag- well, you know, been against it. You know, said, "Oh no, I really don't like this at all." And that's the end of the relation, or ended where it could have gone. Taking a couple out duck, oh not duck hunting, but uh, rabbit shooting, and they were pretty. Uh, <laughs> they were too pretty, pretty, pretty impressed with that. Especially if you start, <laughs> you start gutting the rabbits and skinning the rabbits right in front of them. They, um, I did flatten her one of the one of one of the girls' cars. I couldn't take my car at the time. I took her car, and it was actually it wasn't her car; it was her mother's car. Oh, this, and, this story sounds bad and, already. And it was late at night; it was in Wirriby, and we were at we were at um, rabbit hunting. And so I thought it would be you know a good idea just to skin the rabbits in front of the headlights of, the, of, of her car. But who didn't she didn't have her engine on? So after skinning three or four rabbits, 
the flat batch and we're in the middle of nowhere and we're we're in a mother's car (laughs) with a a rifle and some dead rabbits and no mobile phone and no way of getting home what did did you do oh we luckily we just waited a few hours small car small battery just waited a few hours until the battery recharged itself just naturally and then waited till about midnight and tried to start the car again and we're off luckily it started (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's just, you know, a lot of girls do hunt, which is, you know, fantastic as well. Um, you know, uh, let's talk about, well, let's go into that since we're talking about hunting. What do you like to hunt, man? What's on your list? I know you come from Victoria, ducks, what else? What's your what's your favourite? What do you enjoy for favourite? Well, uh, before you came over, I started thinking about that. What I hunt a lot. I I hunt rabbits. I hunt foxes. I, I've just, it's my third season duck hunting. I, I'm a deer hunter. I'm a deer stalker. I'm a deer hunter. I go after pigs, and so I'm into a lot of deer deer shooting as well. And hopefully, up in Queensland now, I'll get to do get to find some chittle deer, some other uh, other species of deer which I haven't hunted in Victoria. So I thought, well, when Jason asked me this question, what am I going to say? Well, my whole lifetime, the the most probably I've hunted, really, if you took the twenty years plus, has been rabbits. I, I know it's pretty low down on the on the hunting on the hunting pyramid, but it's probably some of the time, the, some of the funnest experience I've ever had has been with mates just hunting rabbits. So you picked that as your number one, would you? Number one, you picked that one? It's probably uh, the most fun times I've had. My my number one experience, if you want my number one experience, it's I want always... The number, I want the, the best, number one experience. Number one experience, okay. mate. Number one experience would have to be my first sandbar, Jason. The first the first time I got a sandbar, that, that, that's just mind-blowingly exciting keep that in mind because that might be the story you're going to finish off on we always remember we always like a story at the end so all right you want to so, save that one to the end yeah save that one to the end if, oh, if that's if that's the story you want that, to that is me. my that that's my number one hunting experience but one of my most enjoyable experience was uh, about about 2000 we went out to um condoblin uh, far north new south wales and i was with my brother and so he doesn't hunt with me much now but this is fond memories we're out uh, stinking hot degree, yeah, forty plus degrees for three days. Red dune country, middle of nowhere. Hadn't seen a pig for three days. We were the last afternoon, and we're just driving down this dirt track, and this hundred and fifty kilo pig just runs right in front of the vehicle. And my brother's driving, and I didn't. I, I just remember the time I, saying nothing but pig. And my brother just slammed on the brakes. Oh, he's only throwing me. We weren't both, unfortunately, we weren't both wearing seatbelts at the time. So, like, <laughs> um, he's only throwing me right through the windscreen. Jumped in the back. The rifle was completely packed up. So, we jumped in the back, rifle out of the case, ammo in my pocket, and I'm running. I'm running fast, Jace, chasing this pig. He, the pig's what, got right, rifle in hand. Rifle, no, in, or, right, yeah, rifle yeah. in hand. And I'm sprinting. I was a lot fitter back then. It was, it was like 15 years ago, a bit fitter. So I'm chasing after this pig, and luckily I'm cutting it off. As luckily he's not, he's trotting along, but I can run faster than him. Got to within about seventy-five metres, threw myself down behind a log, chained it around. I was using a twenty-two, my favourite rifle, my first rifle, my favourite rifle, twenty-two, two fifty. Chained it around. It's crossed the crosshairs of the of the scope. Fired just instinctively, hit it right, heart lung shot, dropped on the spot. My brother. He's running behind me as fast as he can, trying to catch up to me. He's got up to me. This is my first ever pig, first pig we've seen ever. It's my first hunting, my first pig hunting trip, and it's the first pig we've seen on the trip. 
so we've I've got it my first round and it's down and we're my brother's congratulating oh that's pretty cool and we're walking up to this pig and this is a huge pig huge tusker and this pig looks drop dead it's it's um, bleeding out it looks completely dead my brother goes to pat it on its head and take a photo and the pig just no nah, it's not dead. Jace, it's not dead. At, oh, it's no. not, oh, it's no. not dead at all. The twenty-two fifty's done its done its job, but this pig oh, no. is definitely not dead. And, and, you and, never do. I always know a guy that when he goes up and does deer, I've had him on my show before. He puts the the uh, end of the the rifle on its eye yeah. because you know it's sensitive. It'll freak out if it's you know if you get on its eye, it'll freak out if it's still alive. So he always puts it. Hits its eye. Yeah. If nothing happens, well, it's dead. You know what oh, I mean. Well, this, so. this is our first pig hunting trip, Jason, and we're you know inexperienced at the whole this whole thing. Yeah, and half the it's fun. gone. It's gone to like it's gone to get up and it, the meanness of it's gone to you know, stab my brother and I with its tusks. Um, but I luckily for the last um, ten years of those shooting, I've been shooting since nineteen nineties. Now two thousand. So I've been shooting for ten years, and I I'd got into the habit of always rechaming around after the first shot just instinctively do it and still do it to this day so i've had a, a live round up the chamber it's got up to tuscus shot straight through the brain and it dropped so never trust a dead pig jason <laughs> <laughs> never trust a dead pig was that so the first pig you'd ever shot ever seen on a hunt that's the biggest pig, pig we've ever seen ever and it's the first pig we ever saw and it's the first pig i ever shot and i've still got those tucks in my car now Mate, tell us about. We we're just talking about the uh, the uh, <laughs> the pig story you just had. Tell us we before we got on the show, you were just telling us about uh, was it Lake Cullen, your first duck uh, shooting or duck hunting trip? Um, you said you had a funny story, so I guess share that one with our listeners while we're hearing the funny story surrounding that. Yeah, Jason, it was um, it was March two thousand thirteen, and it was my first duck opening, and. We went to Lake Cullens, which is in Victoria. It's a wetland. It's a state game reserve um, in Victoria. And I was there uh, with my partner, Linda, and her uh, six-year-old, uh, five-year-old uh, son, Tristan, and myself and a friend. So it was a few of us there. And it was it, it was probably about 100 shooters. They sounded to me mostly like Italians because all you'd hear was Italians. At five o'clock in the morning, there was mostly, it sounded like mostly Italians on the lake. And it was just me, and it's my first duck opening. I pretty inexperienced, so I've the sun's coming up. It's nearly seven o'clock in the morning, so I've walked onto the lake, and the the the, the sun coming up over that lake was just an amazing thing. Linda didn't have uh, her wit test done at the time, so she couldn't come out on the lake with me, but she was taking photos a couple of hundred meters on the shoreline uh, of me going out. And I got it out there, and Jason, just the, the the first duck opening, and the guns going off, and the ducks coming up into the air, was something I'll, I'll never forget. And it it was just an amazing experience. Oh, I was a crap shot. I've only had a shotgun for about six months, so I could hardly hit a clay, let alone a duck. So I <laughs> it can be pretty difficult when we first start, like, you know what I mean? But and I I I had some shots at some ducks that went pretty low, pretty low past me, and I I didn't no luck there, um, but. It came about probably about well, 9.30, so it was pretty late in the morning. And I turned around and there's some orange vests coming at me. And what are these people wearing? on These DPI guys or Department of um, or Game Victoria guys? Or what are these? There's about four or five orange people in orange vests. And it got pretty close. And I could tell there were a couple of mostly women 
in mostly women there and um, one or two guys all wearing their orange fluoro vests. I thought this is a bit weird. Ended up being Animal Liberation Victoria, so I didn't know who these people were. <laughs> and like, like, and um, I, I know I know that I know at the time now because it was the same lady who did. Uh, that SBS program, uh, oh, living, with, living, living with the enemy, enemy Steve with, with Lee. Steve Lee, and um, uh, what was her name again? Yeah, oh, Felicity Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and she's come at me with everything. She's come at me with all all guns blazing and abusing. What, just verbally, verbally or abusing me, and I've, oh, I'm going at her, and she's going at me, and her photographers taking some shots. Oh, at yeah, me. they always do yeah. video and shit and stuff and like, like that, don't they? Yeah. And like, oh, this is yeah, it's pretty old. Look, I'm just going to ignore these people. And get on with a duck sheep. But half an hour went by, and the Italians, there was a flock of ducks that came, a flock of blackies came over. The Italians, probably about a couple hundred meters away from me. They winged one, and they've yelled out to me, Yours, yours, yours. So I've seen it's come straight at me. So they've just winged it, it's coming straight down to the water, straight at me. So I've two rounds in the Rosini over and under, raised the gun. It's coming. The duck, the black is coming straight at me. So it's it's going to be a pretty where, easy shot. <laughs> sorry, but where, where, where are the animal liberation? Are they still trying to hang they, around? They're only about 30, 40 metres away. Less than 40, less than 40 metres away. A couple of them may have been less what, than that. on the shore? Or no, you, in the water with me, really? illegally. illegally. I wonder why they don't, when they just come and stand there, what are they trying to do? Like wave flags? They, they, were, and... um, they were doing the whistles, yelling, um, abuse. Their, their main tactic was to abuse the crap out of me. So <laughs> <laughs> Did they do a good job of that? Yeah, I'll, I gave as good as I got. And it, <laughs> uh, Linda, she got quite embarrassed with me. She goes, even Linda said she could hear what I was saying on the floor. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> oh, we might have to reassess this relationship. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Linda, yeah, she was like three or four hundred meters away on the shoreline. She said she could hear me clearly. I'm surprised how it get, get, when she said it was coming at you. Like, how, 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 I'm surprised because normally when I'm on the even on the rice fields, it's, it's, it can be quite hard because when you're trying to shoot them, mate. Anything even close by, orange vests, cars, just spooks them crazily. You know, I've, funny, funny you know, enough, as funny enough, you say that, Jace. They weren't. It was only myself and a dozen or so shooters on the lake on the Sunday, the next day, and we had worse luck. Without the protesters there, we had worse luck because they scared the ducks up. They keep if you're only one person or one or two people on the lake. Yeah, the ducks will just stay down. The ducks stay will down. just stay hundreds, yeah. hundreds of meters away. Yeah. But if you've got protesters on the lake. Scaring the ducks up onto the lake, and you're only a couple of shooters, and it's a lot. It's a lot easier shooting. Yeah. So what happens? So they've winged it. It's so coming they, at you. Yeah. These guys, these Italians, have winged it. They've yelled out, "Yours, yours, yours!" So I've, I've seen this duck coming at me, and the blackie coming at me. Raise my gun up. First barrel, bang! I've got it. So I thought, "Oh, great, my first duck!" And it's coming down. It's it's come down fast into the water. Um, it's hit the water, but it's still flapping. And you know, I'm a, I'm a True conservation hunter. I, I hate seeing... I, I love animals, so I hate seeing any wounded animal. So my first instinct, wounded animal, it's flapping on the water, put it down, put it down, it's misery straight away. Still had, uh, obviously, the second barrel going, um, using steel shot, less than 30 metres away, gun onto the duck, about to pull the trigger, milliseconds away from pulling the trigger, and Felicity Anderson runs right in front of my barrel. And I'm like... <laughs> You're joking. No, I'm serious. Like, she literally ran right in front of my barrel, and I thought, I raised a gun, and I was just from whether it was instinct or the fact I'd been in the army for, at that time, 15 to 16, more than 16 years, just, um, just 
just didn't pull the trigger. Just raised the gun up over his shoulder. Didn't pull. Didn't pull that trigger. I was milliseconds away from putting if, a if, whole. If you'd have pulled it, pulled it, you reckon you would have. You would 100% I would have, would have got the it? duck chase, but I would have put probably twenty shots into her back. Yeah, right. So like, oh my, like, <laughs> oh my god. So you know, like she she has no. These idea. people are dead set idiots. She mate. has They're no idiots. idea how close to death she came. On that Unbelievable. day, Unbelievable. This then, is this. Sometimes I think I think this is what they hope for, eh? Because if like that lady that got shot, probably several years more, probably probably four or five years ago now, maybe. Yeah, um, I think three, that was two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yep. You know, she got shot, and they oh, it's they they use this sort of crap to to push their agenda. But sorry, go on. Yep. Yeah. So that look, they they kept on going at me. The whole. Did you scream at and say, "Oh, what that the hell duck, are you Jace, doing?" That duck. She she chased another one. She stopped chasing it, and then another another one of her um, animal race Victoria girls uh, were chasing it. They chased it so far, it just ran and died into the ring. Never retrieved it. It just they're idiots, aren't it's they? Like they're idiots. This, this duck, I could have put it down, put it put it out its misery, and taken it home, had a feed from her family. We could, we probably would have barbecued it that Saturday night and used, utilized it as a as a game bird. They chased it so much. It just chased it into the reeds. It obviously was dying. It was dead. It was it would have been dead in a minute or so. But they've chased it into the reeds, never, never to be retrieved. Wasted duck. Unbelievable. You know. And, well, that was my first run-in <laughs> with animal liberation, Victoria. When, but when she was in front of you, what like what did you sort of say to her when you were in front of her? Did you I, say like, look, "What the hell are you doing? I've almost pulled the trigger." Did you say didn't, anything? Didn't say or? anything like that. They they were too busy yelling abuse at me and back and forth and and calling me murder and all that kind of stuff. Didn't, I didn't even have a chance to say anything like that. I was just grateful that nothing happened and I went home, they went home, I went home duckless. But <laughs> <laughs> and then people were like, oh, yeah, I got my first duck. Hmm, where is it? Oh, it went into the reds. Oh, uh, okay, Sean. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> I've seen your, shape, your clay shooting ability. <laughs> actually, um, the second funny story was I coming back, it was about 10.30 that morning, coming back from my first opening, Got back to shore, and the hunting group next to us, they 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 were they were starting their duck plucking. They had a game bag full of ducks. Uh, my partner Linda was there. Um, my friend um, my friend Simon was there, and we're just talking on the shoreline. They opened their game bag, and a duck, a duck flew out <laughs> like a, literally a duck, which they thought they killed. It, it, it flew out of the game bag, <laughs> and like, and like, and like uh, this this duck literally. Do you know flew. what it was? Was it black? It was a big one, or no? It was it, uh, oh, mental blank. Grey teal, mountain duck, pinky, pinky. It was a pinky. It was, it was a full arm pinky. <laughs> a <little And> pinky. <laughs> this pinky has uh. just flown twenty meters out of the out of the um, game bag, heading for the water, and I thought. Well, here's my opportunity. Oh, <laughs> like, please don't tell me you pulled up the gun and shot it. Oh, and I still, I still had my shotgun uh, over my shoulder. No. Still had, still had my game belt, my gun belt on, uh, with rounds in, rounds on, rounds into the gun as fast as I could. Before this thing got away, it was just about to fly off again. It, it took off. Bang! My pinky hit the water. That's it. My first duck. <laughs> so <laughs> out of someone's game bag. So my first duck had been previously knocked out. <laughs> knocked unconscious and flown out of someone's game bag. <laughs> so technically, that was your first one. Technically. Yeah, technically, yeah, that was my first duck, Jay. So I, I gave, I did give the duck um, back to them. Oh, well, you know, it was their duck. So. <laughs> yeah. I would have said, no, this is my duck. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you shot it, but I, I, I finished it off. 
so what what they say when all this was happening? Like, what the hell? They, these they... guys were um, they'd finished their shoot for the day, so they're they're on the they're um they're on the shore um cracking a few tinnies, barbecue happening, and they just were laughing their heads off when this when this duck flew out of the bag. Mate, I've got to think you've had some of the best stories I think I've heard on this show, seriously. <laughs> some of the best stories I've heard. Oh, I've got um, a few more, Jase. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go for more. Mate, tell us, you know, when you've been up here or in Victoria, it doesn't matter which one, you tell people, you, you go to work, I'm a hunter, I'm going shooting today. What's the reactions you've gotten? You, you, you choose, Jason, you choose the people, um, you get to know someone a little bit first before you open uh, open up about the fact that you're a hunter or a shooter or a target shooter or even a gun owner. I mean, I don't go broadcasting left, right, and center. I'm, I'm a gun owner to everyone I meet for obviously security reasons, but you get to know someone. Um, but most of the people I meet are either the Defence Force or ex Army or currently serving um, or shooting mates. And uh, they generally, they're generally, or most of the people I meet are generally shooters to begin with. Work colleagues, I've come up here, Jace. I've come up from a, um, a drafting company in Melbourne where about 40 staff where no one except for me shot. I was the only shooter there. But I've come up to Brisbane to work. I've got, I secured full-time work uh, with a great company up here, a small company um, up in Fortitude Valley, drafting company again. I go into the toilet first day on the job and there's a bunch of sporting shooter magazines in the toilet. And I thought, well, I'm in a different state now. <laughs> like, <laughs> mate, I've just you're right. I've just like, noticed that up here, it's just, uh, mate, it's a great place to. I, I when I first went to Ripley's and I had a good time and it was so easy. You know, so I just went, I went, hmm, you know, like that, that's interesting. But now that I've been up here, there really is a good culture of gun ownership in Queensland. There really is yeah, hunting, it's, shooting. It's just fantastic. Well, subsequently, I found out that uh, both the directors. Had shot at one time. One of the one of the other draftsmen was there. He was a, he was a hunter. He was a pig shooter. Hence the gun magazines in the toilet. If you like something to read, and like there's two cars out of the five cars in the driveway. There's two of them with double S double A stickers on. And so like you you've come up from a company well most Melbourne. You come up with Melbourne where you're lucky to have one in twenty one in thirty who are shooters. You come up to Queensland and you're unusual if you're not a shooter. It's just it's just a different culture. Yeah. Any any negative reactions at all? You've you find stories where they've people are like you know I, I can't really say I've had one. I've had one with females when you talk about dating them, and um, you know I had one. that says she goes, "Oh, do you like animals?" I said, "Yeah, I do." And then she goes, "Oh, yeah, I like them too." And I sort of just I felt the conversation was going towards like animal liberation. I don't know why. I just sensed it, and I said, "Are you sort of involved in animal liberation sort of stuff?" And she goes, "Oh, well, sort of, kinda." And I said, "Listen, I'm a hunter, and we'll, we spoke for." about two weeks we hadn't even met yet that was the end of that <laughs> totally finished <laughs> well luckily i've had i've said before i've had, I had no luckily in my shooting lifetime i've come across neither partners or friends who haven't been rabid anti-gunners or anti-hunters in my social circles i've just been lucky that way i have had the only reaction i remember back in 1992 i picked up a slashinger 22 auto for $80 at a gun show. Uh, $80, Jason. If you had that, I, I bet you would 20, still have it now, this, wouldn't this, you? This was the most <laughs> accurate. I used to take this to Werribee, uh, Werribee uh, Crown Lands. I used to shoot almost couple every couple of weeks along the Werribee, Werribee River, which is Crown Land on the Werribee River, rabbit shooting before the Khaleesi virus. Was, I'd get 
10, 10, 13 rabbits wasn't unusual, Jason. I used to take that Slage into 22 auto and it had a bull barrel on it. And um, actually, no correction, this was a Fieldman. I, I should know my own guns, you know. But it's like, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a Fieldman 22 auto and it had a bull barrel on it and it was the most accurate 22 I've ever owned. And I've, I've still got, to, I've got two 22 long rifle rifles now, but this thing was so accurate. It would put five rounds chase in a five cent piece at 20 meters and it was phenomenal. And, and that was just resting on a sandbag over a bonnet of the car. Yeah, I, I could cry. I I bought that rifle for eighty dollars, and in the nineteen ninety six no ninety seven government steal back, they took it off me and they gave me, they gave me. I think they gave me like, okay, they probably gave me a hundred dollars for it. They probably I probably made twenty dollars on that rifle. And you had your fair. I had, had, had it for years. I mean, you had it for years, but I had it for that five years. But I, Jace, I would I'd pay five thousand dollars for that rifle now. It was a. It was a rifle. I would keep. I hate hate the fact that that rifle is gone, mate. Since we're talking about that, we want to. Uh, I want to get into that. Um, you know, what do you think? You know, what are what are your thoughts? You know, obviously you had to hand that one in '96. Now I, I wasn't. Um, you know, a, a gun owner. I was a gun owner at 18, so I was probably 1998 when I sort of got my gun license, got my first air rifle. I'll be 18 and a half somewhere around there. But you know, I guess what's your thought? You know, what what's your thoughts on the gun ownership then in '92 when you were there having to hand in these guns as well, and then and then 1996 happened because I know I know you know co-host my co-host Mario who I do some shows with, um, he was around sort of in that time, and I think he handed one in as well. Yep. Um, so what? Yeah, give me the your thoughts before, and then obviously as it was happening, and then handing it in. At the time, I I, I wasn't as political as I am now. Back in '96, '97. However, saying that, I, I did attend the march in Melbourne, the, mar- the march they held, um, which started off um, near the shrine. That march started off um, just, just in the gardens of the shrine. It wound its way uh, down uh, the main street of Melbourne there, turned right onto Burke Street. When the first part of that march reached Parliament, the Spring, the Spring Street Parliament House, the last part of the march... That hadn't left the gardens, and that was kilometres away. Unbelievable. There was. Eh? The, I remember that was distinctly the, the the sun. The um, no, sorry, the 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 um, herald back then was just the herald, not the uh, the herald sun. Front page: hundred thousand march in Melbourne, and that was on the Sunday. That paper came out. That headline came out on the Sunday. Funny enough, Jace, as the days went on, the same headlines. It, by Wednesday, that hundred thousand had mysteriously, according to the media, turned into forty thousand. Now I remember when my my brother and I were there, there was a probably twenty or so protesters. By Wednesday, that twenty or so protesters had turned into twenty thousand protesters, and a hundred thousand shooters had turned into forty thousand shooters. So somehow, so just by, trying to lie about the numbers just, and just, stuff like that. Just it, it just magically morphed. Back in those days, it wasn't a lot of internet coverage, obviously, or for any. So there's not a lot. So of all stuff. you had to go on was, I guess, you know, local TV and, and TV newspapers. Yeah, um, there was an overhead shot that the SSAA had, and they did a count, and they did count the police said there was over a hundred thousand so and the double SAA said there was over a hundred thousand mate the thing is why don't we have mate we, we, we even in sydney 
when we had the game council and Barry O'Farrell got rid of the game council, mate, we could barely get 700. Now, this was 100,000 people, yeah. Jase. What, what is... Uh, We're talking about filling an MCG with shooters, all of them marching down the street screaming... Mate, that's when they were proud. I just I don't think we're proud anymore. Why, why are we not proud of our sport? Why can't we get... You know, the thing is, we are getting the numbers in New South Wales. We have 35,000, in the last five years, an extra 35,000 people got firearms licences. But yet, this is, that's not transferring into more votes for pro-gun parties for a start, which is bad news for, for shooters. Um, but, you know, what are we doing wrong now? Why, aren't we, why can we get 100,000 then? We can't get, we can't get 700 to a rally in New South Wales now. I mean, I think when I spoke to John Tingle from the Shooters and Fishers Party some time ago, there was something like 88, 87, 88,000 as well in, in, in New South Wales. And they did an overhead shot there too, I think, sure, I'm sure as well. Because I'm sure there was, a, there was a rally in Sydney. So um, why can't we get those numbers? What? What's wrong today? I, th- I think it's just, and you've talked about this a lot, Jay, I think it's just the apathy of shooters. Yes, I, I believe the younger shooters coming through now, the under 30s, they, they were more passionate than, they are more passionate than I was back then. Even, even I, I, I lost guns handing back in 96. I lost guns, I lost pistols in the 2003, 2004 um, buyback. So uh, after the um, incident in, in Melbourne then. Yeah, like somehow it's less lethal to get shot by a forty-five. Yeah, well, than not, funny less thing, lethal Jason. than a nine mil than a forty-five. You know, or a forty-four. You mag. mentioned nine mil. I had, I had a nine mil. I had a nine mil uh, forty cal. Question: I had a forty cal Glock at the time, a model 22 40 cal Glock. I swapped. I handed that in during the buyback, and the money I got from the buyback, I bought a nine mil Glock. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the public. Or anyone is safer because I've got a nine mil Glock instead of a forty cal Glock. I, I really that baffles me. Um, maybe they okay. I've got five less rounds in the magazine, but really, who cares if you've got a fifteen round magazine or a ten round magazine? It, it, a firearm's a firearm. I, I, I'm I'm a safe shooter. I'm a law abiding shooter. I've got licenses. I've got a family now. Um, I've got a two year old daughter Je- Jessica now. Who and I've got a step 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 son from um, Tristan. I, the last thing in the world I'm going to be doing is breaking any law, let alone a firearms law. So, um, I mean, you're right. We're the we're some of the best people in the community. No criminal records, or at least if you have, it was you know at least in you know it was ten years or more ago. Yep. Um, you know, I've had shooters that I know mate, they've done things wrong years ago. They have finally got their license, mate. And even like me now, I'm too scared. I go out to the shops, man. I'm a bigger guy. We're sitting across from yep. each other now. Um, people, you know, I walk in the street. People walk at me for some reason. I don't know if I've got yep. that demeanour. I'm not sure. I, I avoid people. You know, I've, I've parked in a spot. Some goes, yeah, that's my effing spot. And I'm like, sorry, mate. I'll move it straight away. You know what I mean? Don't even, I don't even want to get into any issues no, exactly. where it's going to cause me a problem, you know? Well, and sometimes but- it's very hard. Funny you just mentioned that. Not a, not a lot of the people, only my close friends know this and, and a lot of people um, in my old um, club in Melbourne know this. Is I, I um, have gotten in trouble with firearms-wise in the past. I, uh, not intentionally. Not intentionally, but it was... Uh, care, care to discuss or not? Uh, or look, not? not this is not well-known apart from... Um, it's okay. up to you. You don't have to. I'm just not pushing you or anything. Right, if you, it's going to be if well you now. feel like you want to, want to share, you know what I mean? We'll, always... we'll go into um, okay, specifics, but 2005, um, Queen's birthday weekend, Jason, we I'd just been with friends, um, close friends. Um, I was with um, 
I was with uh, Henry and Randall, close hunting friends of mine, and uh, we were in Stringy Bark Forest on the Queensburg birthday weekend chasing Samba, uh, one of my favourite things to do, and had a great weekend. I didn't get a Samba that weekend, and I don't think anyone did that, come to think of it that week. We had it, we were honked at, we were, actually we were honked at quite badly, we were walking up this ravine, and this big female, uh, big female um, just didn't, didn't see us standing there, and all three of us are walking up this ravine. Honk, scared the crap out of us. <laughs> we hadn't, she, she, oh, where that come like, from? Like she was only about <laughs> she was only about fifty meters away from us, but she honked and ran, and she was gone before any of us could get a shot off. But okay, no, no sandbar that weekend. Got home, I was buggered, so I emptied my Hilux Ute, took my hunting rifle out. First thing I do, rifle out into the safe upstairs. Start entering, start emptying the car. Jay started with the car, so I took all the stuff out of the back of the car, and I left the stuff, my camping gear, inside my highlock. So I left the camping gear um, in the back seat. So I thought, well, I'll have a bit of rest, you know, a bit of rest. I'm tired, I've been driving for four hours, getting home. Have a bit of rest. Go down about midnight, Jace, four cars robbed inside my complex. I was in an apartment building at the time. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I my car that. was yep. locked. I'd forgotten. But look, okay, it's my fault. I'd forgotten that I'd taken a backup rifle, right? A backup rifle. Um, As or, you do, I take a backup to the, uh, yep. the shotgun to the ducks. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. So I'd taken a backup rifle, Jace, and it was in the back seat under my camping gear, locked away, secured, to the, secured, um, legally locked away in the vehicle, locked vehicle in a locked basement, right, with a 1.5 ton roller door. On this basement, which is secure card only basement. Shit, so they've got so they've got in through so your basement. There's someone is, is coming. Is there a garage inside the basement or just that? Your main, garage is underground basement. Oh, so gotcha, someone yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, I reckon, yeah. come down the lift, come into the building, come down the lift. Um, at that time, they didn't have secure access into the lift. Oh uh, yeah, so, so they've got in. Didn't need a pass. Just so go yeah, straight I down. I changed that. I changed that because I was running the body corporate back then. <laughs> so like smart move. Smart, smart move. move. Um, but at a time. Six cars done over, Jace. Mine was one of them. What they took it? Obviously, they took it. They yeah. took every part of my um, army camping army gear, my camping gear in the back. Oh, and bastards, aren't they? And you know? can imagine what was underneath the camping gear. There was the backup rifle. And so, look, I rang up the cops at the time, told them what had happened. They were all good. Um, took the statement. All my lost gear. Had it. Had I was away. I went away um, a few weeks later. Uh, uh, instructing young soldiers for, an, uh, as I said, part-time army. I was away in uh, Pakapano instructing young soldiers. I got a phone call from a police um, constable from Flemington Police Station in Melbourne. Great news, mate. What? What? What is it? What is it? Oh, we've found all your army. We've found all your hunting gear. We've found all your your your, your gear. And said, um, "Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. So you know who's, who's got my gear." All right. Where's the gun? <laughs> I said to him. So <laughs> I said to him, "Okay, you know exactly because they've 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 chased well, generally him for- <laughs> who should have that probably would have the gun. Maybe they've, maybe, they've chased maybe, him maybe. for another burg, right? They've cha- he's a well known crook, well known crook around the area. They've chased him from another burg, jumped his fence, and here's all my army gear, right, sitting in his backyard. The constables recognised the fact that it was army gear, the fact that it was all my hu- hunting gear." And known whose it was straight away. Yeah, that and the fact they had my name written all over it. Um, so he's rang me up and said, we've got all your gear back. And said, no, I'm always my rifle. Oh, he denied having that. So 
What do you do, Jace? He's denied. Yeah. He's denied. He's denied having some that. old-fashioned police justice. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> how's this? Seven months later. Seven months later, the same constable who was my best mate, or acted like he was my best mate, finding warmer gear, sends me a summons for failure to secure a rifle. What? Seven months later. Seven months later, Jace. This is what I've had someone in a position that. Something similar happened to someone I know. I'm not going to go into the details. I might have him on one day uh, for a discharge at his home. And because generally the police, you know... So someone heard the discharge? Well, well, it it basically went through his wall into the neighbour's property. Into the neighbour's property. Very bad. That's bad. Very bad. Um, You know, but but like I said, sometimes these things happen. You you should check it. That's why I I always check for all the time. I pull them out of the safe, even though I know I put them there. Safe direction, rifle, uh, bolt. You know, I don't keep my bolts in my rifles. You know, somewhat I've left them at home sometimes, and then I've said, oh, I've got no gun. I've got no bolt. And then other times I've put the bolts in there. I've left them in there. uh, So I don't forget them. But then I thought if someone steals the gun, they've got the bolt. So I don't normally. I just go. I just have a, a checklist now. Um, but he was the same thing. They, you know, yep, owned up. Yep, screw up big time. Right, neighbour wasn't really too impressed, yeah. even though we went through into the. I think the bathroom, right into the wall in the bathroom. Uh, it, yeah, he went on for about five, six months before they actually like had charged him with yeah. something. So when, what happens is they generally go back. Because they don't know what you've actually done yet. They don't know what law you've broken. So they need to go back. They probably talk to... They, I think they've probably got someone that they talk to. They look at what the laws are. Well, this is the one you've broken. So anyway, go on. You see, seven months later, you get yeah, a... seven months later, you get a summons. F- charges failure to secure. Contact. Um, I contact... Did you ring him up first? No. 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 I, well, I rang him up to say I lost, the, lost my property. I mean, the only time I spoke to him, I, I rang him up when I reported it. And then he, he's obviously spoke to me when he found all my army gear. But... I contacted a good friend of mine, um, uh, a well-known shooter in Melbourne and a very, very respected shooter in Melbourne um, by the name of um, Clive Will, and, and I, spoke, I spoke to Clive. I said, Clive, what do I do? Got this summons. What Help me out here. He said, well, he said, I'm going to ask you one question. Do you want to fight the case or do you want to win the case? Mm, interesting. And he said, well... Oh, Clive, I want to shoot. I don't want my guns to be stolen. You know, not stolen, but confiscated off me. Lose your license, yeah. And so um, he said, well, look, first thing is get to a dealer, preempt them. Just give all your stuff in, hand all your stuff over to I had had quite a bit of stuff by this stage, collecting for a while. So by this stage, I'm a competitive pistol shooter, a collection of rifles, collection of 22 rifles, large caliber hunting rifles, pistols the only thing i hadn't gone into that stage was shotgunning so handed all my gear in to a dealer friend of mine and he gave me this name of the physics barrister to contact and a bit of a plug for the guy uh barrister walsh buckley and he he's never lost a firearms case in melbourne never lost a case it's yeah. almost, but I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, how can you, how can okay, you, Jason, how, uh, how can I you will, win this? How can you win this? I will preempt the case, will preempt, you saying he's never lost a case except the guy. Up until now. Yeah, up, no, <laughs> up until, he did have one client who was done with a multitude of machine guns. 
Okay, and this was Fennigan Machine Guns. Not <laughs> but I would, hey, listen, I would expect him to probably lose that case. You he, know what I mean? He, he can't. didn't. He didn't go to. He, okay, he had a win. It's not that he had a win, but it wasn't a full win. He didn't have a win. Yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't have a full. He didn't have a win. As the guy obviously he lost all his license and lost his guns, or they did confiscate the machine guns. <laughs> obviously, yeah, and um, obviously. but he didn't go to jail, so technically that was a win. But um, sure. I'd think so too. Have you got what fully auto? He had he had Thompsons. He had the oh, works. Right, I mean, yeah. like <laughs> guaranteed. I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah, like normally that meant he mustn't have had an had offence before. Because no, no, this guy was as clean as a whistle. Yeah. In fact, he owned a lot of machine guns. Lucky. <laughs> but was he was he was it what criminal thing or he just no? Nah, just a collector. Just, just a collector. Loved See, that's where the police don't really understand sometimes. Obviously illegal. Stupid thing to do, obviously. Yeah. But you know, probably a guy that was probably never going to do anything with anyway. But anyway, get back to the story. What happened? Yeah, so you've look, come. You basically so I've, come I've, in. I've, I've, contact, I've contacted this barrister, and look, and this is where I've come a lot more pro rights, pro shooters' rights in my lifetime, because from then on, I had to fight for my license. I had to fight and win back my rights to own a firearms license in the state of Victoria. Mm. And if you probably lost, that would have been, what, at least 10 years? That L- 10 years minimum. Gone, yeah. That, and yeah. then you've still got to, after 10 years, you've then got to apply to the chief commissioner. To see if they want to give to, it to, to you or not. even yeah. give it to you then. So it's not it's not just 10 years, get it back. It's not guaranteed either. No, You're it's right. not. It's, I, I could have lost my, my, my hobby. I mean, that time I didn't have a family, but this was my life. I would have probably lost pretty, pretty rocky grounds in the military. I'm still serving military. Pretty rocky grounds in the military as well. So, yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. So exactly. here's here's my whole life going down going down the toilet. Well, from what I thought, well, this time, no, nah, I don't think this is right. I don't think this charge is right. I went to this barrister Walsh Buckley, and he said, "You should never have been charged for this. This is rubbish. Um, we're going to fight this. Um, just leave it to me." It's going to... Look, I'm not cheap. Oh, he wasn't cheap. It's like $1,500 a day. <laughs> like, like, but what price can you put on it? Mate, Jase, like, you know, I, I would have paid... I, I would have sold my car to fight this case. I didn't have to at the time. My mum... I had no money at the time, and my mum is the most wonderful... Supporting my shooting my whole life, as we as we talked about earlier on. She had $10,000 set aside for whatever reason, and she lent me that money. And without that money... Um, I wouldn't have been able to afford to pay that barrister's cost, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a license now, Jason. I I fought that case, and we my barrister stood up, and I remember the day of the court case, he said to me, Sean, you've got to write down a statement to the barrister to the um to the judge of why you're here today. And he said, What all right? He said you were going to write exactly this. He said, I, "I hey, hey, well, you're gonna write something. Better. <laughs> <laughs> write what I tell you." Yeah, like, he, he was pretty. This guy was pretty straight down the line. He said, "You, you, you were to write. Um, I'm here today because the police chose to charge the, the myself instead of the burglar who stole my firearm." And that's exactly what I wrote. Wow, really? No yeah. kidding. That, that's okay. Maybe that wasn't the best thing to write. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you thinking? Is this guy just mad or? Um, at the time, Jace, he said, because he you go in the morning and you, you see who which judge is going to be on your case, which magistrate. He goes, oh, this isn't good. This magistrate's pretty anti-gun. And I go, oh, oh <laughs> it's like, oh, we're in, we're in deep crap here. What a way to start. And, eh? like, um, and that's it. So just write that. Write that. This is why you're here. This is, why, this is what, how I'm going to fight your case. Is, I don't believe you should be here the first time. And cut a long story short, Jace, we... I was exonerated from that. 
no no charges against me nothing on my record nothing nothing permanently on my record kept my firearms license kept my rifles uh funnily enough jace i'd already had my rifles and my all my firearms and my and my pistols back again because i wrote to victorian lsd and i said to them i explained the whole story and they just posted my licenses back. This is even before the court case. So they even they even the Victorian police. How long did it go for? Was it a one day case? Was it? A, it was one day case. Just so it was just case. one day. But I'd already had my the Victorian police had already given my licenses back. So even they agreed that they they shouldn't you know, whatever they thought. So I've had to fight. I've had to fight to keep my rights. So people take. Um, you, I've heard you on many shows talk about whether it's a right or a privilege to own a firearm. Well, for me, I thought it was my. If I hadn't been charged for any offence, I thought it was my right. I fought for, and I fought for my rights. And I, I wanted to keep my farms. I wanted to keep shooting. I wanted to keep my sport. I wanted to keep hunting. And that's that's the way I went down. It was bloody expensive, but I that's I fought for my rights, and that's why I'm more passionate today. Then I probably would have been um, without that happening, mate. So it was a, it just goes. That's why I tell people when I go out with me, especially because I do this, right? That I, I can't. I tell my mates, all of them straight up. They already know, right? I can't afford to for you guys to do anything wrong, right? Or me to do anything wrong, or you in my car to do anything wrong. You know what I mean? So if I, like if I, sometimes we'll go out in the bush, you know, I, I'm in my car, then I, everything's it's my rules. That's it. There's no, there's no discussion on that around, you know, safe storage, putting, you know, ammunition in a locked box. People say, oh, but we're just, you know, we're just going over there. I go, no, nah, mate, we've got to go on a main road for even 10 metres. No, nah, sorry. Yeah, it's not worth it, Jason. It's not worth it. Because me, my name devices. will be in the media going, oh, Selm's done something yeah. wrong, mate. I'll be wiped off the face of the earth pretty much yeah. in, the, in the shooting community <laughs> yeah, if exactly. I happen to do something like that. Um, you know, but I, I think it's also on the other side, it's, it's, it's ridiculous when I see people... You know, police because they don't either know what they're doing. Just again, not all of them because most of them do the right thing. But you know, like that twenty-two round ammo on the ground in your garage when they come to do a safe storage inspection. Like to me, I'll be like, mate, pick it up, put it. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, but some people choose really on a shotgun shell to seize people's firearms. I mean, it's just fucking outrageous, really. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's good that you fought it, man. Because like this is for me, I'm single too. So for me, this is my life right now. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else. If I lost it now, man, I, I would seriously consider the trying to move to the states or New yeah. Zealand. Um, but I'm, but with firearms charges, I might not be able to get there. Yeah, you know, well, so I'd, I, be, I'd, I'd be stuffed. You know, I was under the impression I'd done nothing. I mean, the gun was locked up. It was in a locked vehicle in a locked basement. So as far as I was concerned, it was it was it was ready in the law. Yeah, okay, I should have got home and emptied it straight away. It didn't happen. But these things happen, Jason, and sometimes you it was just unlucky. I had a criminal come into my basement and, and rob four cars, six cars. Yeah, sometimes I think they're misplaced. I mean, some things are just blatant, and I understand that. And I, I've been there sometimes. I've thought about it. I really have. I'm going to be honest with people. I've gotten home 2 a.m. in the morning thinking, oh, my God, I've got to... Got to get this guy, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I've just, I've, I've always done it. I've always done it, and sometimes I even get like paranoid about it. Like sometimes, and I've, I don't know if people have had this. Maybe it's just me. I've, I've woken up in the middle of the night. Maybe had. Oh, a, did you bring it in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. I really have, and I've, I've gotten up and gone, oh my god, oh, shit! And I've, I've really bolted downstairs at five. I opened the door yeah. and went, 
Like by the time I've gotten downstairs, I'm halfway down going, you're an idiot. You already put it in, you bloody idiot. You know what I mean? Like, but I've done so you, that or I've thought someone's – because I've, I've, I've come at that home that night before. I'm thinking someone's stealing my car. Yeah. And like, I ain't t- by the time I get up and like get to my bedroom door, I'm like, you're an idiot. Get back to so bed. You, what are you – you know? So like, you become a bit OCD now, yeah, counting your bit, guns? Yeah, a little bit sleeping on – you know, on those thoughts that you're going to bed on, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? And getting into your sort of psyche yep. when you're sleeping. And I'm, I just, sometimes I just, I get up and I'm like, oh my God, I've run downstairs and I'm halfway down. I go, oh, you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Get back yeah. to bed. No one's robbing you, you idiot, you know? Or sometimes, sometimes I've gone down there and just had a quick look at the front and go, mm, no, it looks all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back upstairs. So, so my, my passion for shooting after I won that case really really went through the roof. So I, I, I was determined from then on to take as much out of the shooting sports and hunting, rifle shooting, pistol shooting as I possibly could and, and always be a proud shooter. And then, as you said before, do I talk to people? Yeah, now I do bring it up. I do talk to people. I bring it up. I am a proud shooter. I've got stickers on my car for shoes. Um, shoes I and saw that as I rolled yeah. in. I rolled in. Yeah, I, I, everyone knows I'm, in, I'm a hunter and a shooter and I'm proud of it. So talk about that political parties. Uh, if you want to share with who you vote for, uh, are you happy with their performance? Not happy? What can they do better in the future? Just give yep. us a bit of a rundown. You know, what I, mean? I I do um, support and vote for the Shooters and Fishers Party. Um, I did meet. Um, I've been Victorian. I actually met um, Jeff Bellman, uh Daniel at, Young, and yep. well, I hadn't met Jeff um, Daniel Young before the before the election, but the Victorian election. But I hadn't met Jeff. Uh, before the election, and we had a chat, and I actually met him at the uh, that gun uh, review, the Greens inspired gun. Which one was that one? Which one was that one? The one in Melbourne, the, the uh, Senate inquiry. I met him at the Senate inquiry, ah, at the Melbourne, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, the Melbourne yeah, yeah. Um, Senate inquiry, the Melbourne head of the Senate inquiry. So we had a chat down there, and wished him luck, and um, we sat in that Senate. That Jase, you wanted to see some laughs. So I, I don't think that Melbourne version of the Senate inquiry is on YouTube. I know the no. Sydney. I think the Sydney one is. The one, or, yeah, the Sydney. And there's one from Ca- the Canberra one. Yeah, as well. but the Melbourne ones didn't didn't make no, YouTube. But not at that, all. that was the the stuff that they said. They the stuff that was on that they said in that um, Senate inquiry would have made you just want to beat your head against the wall. Seriously, Jason, it was just they they hated the. Um, uh, was which of the head of the Greens with the he was he was uh was the name again? Who, who's down down there? Oh, what's his name? Come on, guys, you know it's blank. A, not Dean Natale because he's the, no, who yeah. who headed the Senate inquiry? Oh, who, the, he's the member. What's his name? Oh, look it up. Look it up on your phone. Oh, now. Well, a minute. Go. But anyway, they hated every because Melbourne and Victoria had that uh, report done recently, fairly recently, within a few months ago, about the four hundred and thirty-six million benefit to the economy. Through, through hunting and, and shooting in shoot the Victoria was the second most state earner apart from the um, apart from the spring racing carnival and they hated the fact that that, that government agencies you know who it is I just thought of it I didn't honestly guys I didn't yeah. look at Adam Bant no no it wasn't Adam Bant oh, New it South wasn't Wales Adam Bant. no New South um, yeah well, we'll Victoria on New South Victoria no she's the Greens member for who she oh. headed she headed the Senate inquiry she brought her up oh Penny Wright. Yeah, she one of no, no short hair one no, penny, no. right? We'll think about it in a minute. And the, yeah, the only one I know in Milton Victoria Christine. is that Penachook or Penachook or Sue no, Penachook or whatever her name is. Or she Pen- was there. She was there. Oh, she was. She. Yeah, right, she right. Was there. Why can't we think? Of it? Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> we can't think of it. Oh, we we don't make a habit of um remembering, yeah, remembering Green's, Green's names anyway. So, <laughs> but um yeah, so after I met him then, and so I've, I'm a passionate uh, voter. Yeah, they sometimes they go off track, but at the end of the day, Jace. Well, I mean, apart from 
apart from, say, David Limehelm in federally, I mean, state-wise, we never expected to get two members in. And all of a sudden, we've got two members in Shooters and Fishing Party in Victoria, following up on New South Wales, having two members in for what, 16 years? Yeah. What about the political climate? I mean, here, I mean, I know you guys do it tough, especially in Queensland now because, um, you know, there's no upper house here. So No, no it's... upper house is going to make it hard, Jay. So I'm going to um, vote. They are starting up a Queensland branch of... Um, they're trying to get registered SFP now. you got up here now, yeah, Dave SFP, Curl, so yeah. I think you've got um, really only, what, uh, Catter, really, isn't it? Yeah, Catter. Bob Catter, he's pretty pro-gun. Um, but they are, apart from the pro-gun nationals... They're trying to get a, um, a shooters and fish party up, up and running here, but it's going to be hard without a chase without an upper house. So, yeah, I think I think man, I just it's tough up here. I mean, politically, you know what I mean. I mean, I think under Campbell Newman, even though I think he was hated here, I mean, he <laughs> ousted the first go, especially with the Vlad laws, the motorcycle, the no, no association laws. Um, he was he was actually I think from well. At least they were reducing some red tape anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? They made things a little bit easier for red tape. And he said that. But then, I mean, under what Palaszczuk? Well, I don't know what chance you got up here under her. She's got a very minority government. So that's going to be very tough. And she's yeah. probably not going to want to rock the boat. She even loses like one member. She's out. So I mean, just um, on that, Jase, why does it cost me in Victoria $9.20 to get a PTA? And in Queensland, it cost me $35. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, it's the same computer system. I think Queensland bought Victoria's computer system. Yeah. In New South Wales, it's 30 bucks. I mean, you, and we, we're still on a paper-based system. I'm like, it's 2015. Yeah, it's crazy. And eBay and Google and all these places, right? We, we're using... It was fantastic in 1995. Yeah. 2015, it's fantastic. We're still using a paper system. We should be able to... But this is the point of it, right? I had just a chat to a friend the other day. They want to make it as hard as possible. Yeah. They don't want to put an online system, one, because yep. of the cost, and two, because, well, i got a license. I can go into a shop like in Victoria. Yeah, mate, I want that one. He puts in the paperwork mate, or whatever. He does it on, online with you there. Come back in an hour after you've had a coffee or, or go to you know, KFC or Subway and yep. come back and pick up your firearm. Like, mate, i got to wait. If I've already got one in possession in New South Wales for Category A and B, it's about a week and a half turnaround, maybe two weeks. Week and a half. Yeah, if you've got Cat C... Can take two to three weeks, but again, if you've got the license, mate, tick on the that. On that, Jay, so I was, yeah. we were coming up here um, December of 2014, up to moving up to Queensland, the family, and then the family. The day before I left, I knew it was going to be my last opportunity in Victoria to get like an instant PTA. I thought, well, stuff it. Uh, at lunchtime. Make a purchase. <laughs> lunch, it was exactly that, Jay. Lunchtime. It was lunch, I was at work still. I think. Lunchtime. Um, uh, no, I wasn't. At, yeah, I was still at work. I was working full time in the army then. Um, lunchtime, I rang up a gun shop uh, in Melbourne, the Gun Emporium in Melbourne. I said, "Have you got a Mossberg two two three in stock that I've been waiting for for a while?" Yep, they've just landed. Literally just landed. So it was the um, Mossberg uh, MPV Flex stock one with the adjustable stock on it. I said. Get me a PTA because in Victoria you can get the online PTA. They just need your license, and as long as you're on their computer system, they can do it for you. And I said, "Get me a PTA. Can you get it now?" It's it right. I'll call you back when it's in three hours, Jay. So call me back. It was just before they shut the shop and said your PTA's in. Nine dollars, mate. I mean, and I picked it up. Then that day, that afternoon, before well, I think Linda and I had to go out, uh, we had to leave, obviously leave Victoria. <laughs> so I leave it to leave Victoria that the next day, and <laughs> <laughs> my last hurrah, my last Victorian PTA hurrah. So come up in another thirty five dollars. 
All right, mate, we're going to do now, this is always one of our, one of my favorite segments, which is uh, five questions in under a minute. Now, everyone's been acing it, mate, recently. Uh, no, so. gonna, I talk too much, Jay, so I'm going to be crap at this. <laughs> so we'll see how you go. Let me just jump onto my stopwatch here. So, mate, what I'm going to do, we're going to ask you five questions under a minute. Let's see if you can take the challenge. Happy to take it? Yep. All okay, right, three, good. two, one, go. Mate, favorite game species of all time, what is it and why? Deer. Sandbar deer, because they're just that elusive to track. All right. Favorite aspect of hunting, what is it and why? The friendships I've made, lifelong friendships. I just can't beat the friend, the friends I hunt with and the people I'm associated with. It's just the best. Mate, if you can hunt anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Hmm. Canada, probably after um, moose or elk. And just the Canadian... Canadian Alps up there would be magnificent. Favourite place you've ever hunted of all time? What is it and why? My favourite place I've ever hunted is um, Reedy Lake. After ducks <laughs> and I turned my, um, she wasn't my fiance at the time, but my girlfriend at the time, Linda, I turned around and this woman at like six o'clock in the morning is trudging through the swamp <laughs> with me with a camera and I've got a shotgun over my shoulder and I thought this is this woman is a magic I'm I'm going to marry this woman mate biggest change you would like to push for in regards to gun laws what is it and why uh, semi-autos back to the standard shooter well sorry mate we just <laughs> Sean just had his uh, uh, roommates come yeah. here housemates come home so we <laughs> I literally forgot to press uh, stop but I'm going to say 126 no, which, I, don't, you, which I don't think is right man so I reckon because you technically didn't stop it so technically I got over the, yeah, over the mineral t- mate technically I'm really going to have to go back and listen to the show so I can actually record it from when I actually paused no, it you're going to have to tell me whether I got over the minute Jase no that's alright mate finish off um, we've had a great chat tonight mate I want to hear you said you had a Samba story or a couple of stories that you wanted to share, mate, that'll just, just give us a bit of a laugh. I've got to hear what time of day, night, day, summer, winter, what happened, the feeling. Give me, just give me some stories. Yeah, well, I've, I've been hunting since about 2004, but I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't bagged my first Samba at this stage. I think it was 2007. So I've been hunting for a few years and, and just I'd seen a few. I hadn't had a shot at one, but they just eluded me. I was hunting in um, Stringbark Creek, which is where, if you know the area in Victoria, where Ned Kelly um, shot those four coppers. So I'm in the high Victorian high country around um, middle of the year, so it's, it's pretty chilly. Been hunting for a couple of days, hadn't seen anything. It's about 10 a.m. on the la- on the on the um, one of the last days we were there. I was up there with um, a good friend Les and um, another friend um, Henry, and they were back at camp at this stage, and I was out hunting alone. I had my uh, 300 WSN, my hunting rifle. It's a Winchester Model 70, Jase. Um, it's the last of the Model 70s before um, the Winchester factory closed down, so I love this rifle. Great deer calibre. Um, I've been stalking all, you know, a couple of days, hadn't seen it. I'm a bit despondent, but I'd just seen this feral cat. And I'm so I'm, this feral cat, I'm going to, well, okay, I'm not going to get a sandbar today. But I'm going to bag this feral cat. I'm going to get this feral cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so here I'm stalking this feral cat. I'm being so quiet, chasing this feral cat, inching my way around these these blackberry bushes, 
one step at a time. This feral cat's looking at me, Jace. He's just staring at me, and he's being a real, real smarty. He's going from one side of this um, gum tree to the other, just looking at me, trying to get out of my field of view, out of my field. I'm only three meters away from this feral cat, so it's not going to be a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, so, sorry, what caliber was it again? What it's a 300 WSM, oh, Jace. WSM. <laughs> I'm shooting. I'm shooting 180 gram. I'm shooting. One, <laughs> I'm shooting 180 gram Nosla partition. So it's really going to. Um, the feral, the, this feral cat's not going to have a good day if I do shoot at him. So um, I'm, I'm looking. This feral cat. I'm now two meters from this feral cat. Can't get him. He, he keeps on outsmarting me by going left and right of this tree, this gum tree. And I'm been literally five minutes chasing this feral cat. I've been that quiet and that one step at a time that I hadn't noticed. I'd look up. And the whole time, I don't know how long he'd been standing there, but this sandbar, this big sandbar, he'd been looking at me from about 75 metres away, standing on the game trail dirt track. What were you thinking then? Oh, and I'm thinking, what the hell am I chasing a feral cat for? <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, when there's a sandbar just literally <laughs> looking at me. And I'd only just got into shotgunning, Jace, and you're a big shotgunner. So I don't, I don't walk with my safety catch on. I have to bolt slightly up, round the chamber, bolt up on the rifle. So it's safe, can't go off. So instinctively, shotgun style, bolts closed into the shoulder, swing. He By this time, this sandbar has looked... I've looked up. We've made eye-to-eye contact. He's gone, shit. He looked at me, he's gone, I've just <laughs> been spotted. And he's bolted. He's doing a runner down down into the blackberries. He's, he's literally half a second away of of reaching the blackberries and he's gone so i've just shotgun right from the shoulder and done the whole shotgun shot and just let him so jace i've done this shotgun style shot with my winchester model 70 it's just swung past this this big sandbar deer had and just pulled the trigger it was just all my was, was it on the run on the run it was it was sprinting jace it was absolutely sprinting away from me and i there's no way in hell i've got this deer and i've just your instinct, Jace, is my first sandbar. I've got other D before, fellow D before, but never got a sandbar. My first instinct was obviously run after it, but nah, just held myself back, knelt down, stopped myself having a heart attack, and just breathed. <laughs> and let's started my breathing slow, Sean, slow down, slow down. I waited a couple of minutes, probably. I don't, it felt like ten minutes, Jason, but it must have probably only been two or three minutes. And I, and I followed, <laughs> and I followed him up. I followed him up. I walked. 20, you know, the 50 or so metres towards where he went into, into the blackberries. And there he was. He, he heard me coming. He was in the blackberries, just inside the game trail, only about two metres inside the blackberries, trying to get away. What what happened, Jace? He, I'd swung past him like a, like, a, like a duck shooting shot, hit him through the shoulder. The, the, the round has gone, penetrated down his spine and cut his spine in half on his back legs, like literally... He was not going anywhere, Jace. He wasn't down, but he just couldn't move. So he's trying to get up. I've, I've just absolutely freaked out that, one, there's a sandbar. How, was, how, how far away were you? I was only now five metres away from the sandbar because I was following the game trail. Freaked out that I actually got him in the first. But I didn't had no. I, I was honestly expecting just to go up to where he was and not find anything. Oh, well, bugger it, I missed. My first sandbar that I shot at, I've missed. But nah, he was he was down in the blackberries, trying his hardest to get away. Obviously, with a broken spine, he's not going anywhere. And no, um, he's not going to be feeling too and good. Like, no, he's not feeling, feeling too good. There. So he stuck up his neck. I, these were shoulder-high blackberries. Couldn't see him. So I had to wait until he stuck his neck up. 
Rifled the ready, stuck his neck up, shot, clean shot, straight through the neck. He went down. He was dead before he hit the hit the um hit the blackberries and the feeling, Jace, of getting your first sandbar, your first large, the most premier game deer in Australia, in Victoria. Um, I've never got over that feeling. The only thing that surpassed it was obviously having having my child, Jessica, the birth of my child. But this this was euphoria. I, I I've never felt anything like like that. Um, I never felt that since, and probably will never. Even if I get another deer since or another sandbar ever again, I'll probably never feel that again. So did you get get the cat? No, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the cat. But I see a lot of pictures on my Facebook page. There's like so many people like the last couple of days. Like Zach's one of the guys that posts on my Facebook page. Like cats, and he always gets his inboxes from all these people. Like I've, it's been on Facebook all the last couple of days. And like I, I said, I never get these. Funny thing, I do a podcast. Well, I said it's fairly popular among shooters. Obviously, not with the antis. They probably don't even know about it. But I never, I never get people just messaging me on. Um, I've never ha- I've had to ban maybe one or two people in five years <laughs> for comments because a, a sponsored post might have gone around or something like that. I've sponsored a, sh- a post for a show. Never at all, man. I never get. I said, "Why don't I get these antis emailing me saying how much of a piece of crap I am?" It just never <laughs> happens. But um, no, man. Good talking to you, man. I'm glad we could. Um, I know we've spoken before on the phone. Uh, it's good just to come up and uh, yeah, sort of do this. I've I don't, I've never really done this actually. I brought a couple of handheld mics with me. Yeah, it's been good talk, Jase. Yeah, sat down with people face to face like I normally do because you can't always do that. You know, I always try and you know. And sometimes I've been up here before and I haven't done this and I could have interviewed other people. And I haven't, so I'm glad I sort of brought them up now. And you know, hopefully, if I you know go to other states around Australia, people will contact me, and I can just you know go to their houses, or they come to wherever I am at the hotel, even, and you know have a good chat with them. And mate, you've got some good stories, and just goes to show, like even if you, some people, you know, things happen, like when you leave things in the car and they get stolen, mate, you're a human being. I don't think, you know, is that really a crime at the end of the day? I'm glad you got away from that, and you know, and, and you still got your gun license. And, um, you know, I don't think it makes anyone irresponsible. I've thought about doing it sometimes. And everyone's human. And like, I'm sure everyone listening to this show will say, yeah, I've been in that position. 100%. Yeah. Oh, it's, or they have been in that position and they have done what you've done, but they haven't been robbed that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've got, yeah, we'd never know about it. So it's a position you never want to be in, Jace. But at yeah. the end of the day, um, I'm here with my family. Um, I'm still got, I'm still a shooter. I'm a target shooter. I'm a hunter. I'm, I'm a pistol shooter. I'm a competitive pistol shooter, and I love this sport. I love this this culture. I love it's my life. Apart from my family, um, apart from my partner Linda and my and, and my children, this is my life. Shooting is my life. Excellent, mate. Sean Fraser joins us here on a somewhat everyday hunter podcast. Sean, mate, I do appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. It's been good. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.